combined travel checklist of 130 countries and counting. This is me, Andrea. And me, Heidi, ready to whisk you around the world and fill those gaps in your map. In this, the 110th anniversary of the ship's sinking, I get a special tour of the Titanic Belfast visitor attraction. And we continue the theme with our Titanic Tourism Top 5. As ever, if you have any travel questions, stories or photos you'd love to share, get in touch by emailing travel at inyourpocket.com or visiting us on Insta, Twitter and Facebook. Lots to get through this episode, but before I take you on my Titanic journey, it's time for you, Heidi, to try and stump me with your Where Where in the World? world. (laughs) Don't get any three clues. Right. You lose. Okay. That could be our... That could be our jingle. Well, or... um, What do you call it? Catchphrase. As ever, I have three clues leading to a global destination, and this time it has a Titanic connection, and I'll reveal the answer at the end of the podcast. Are you ready, Andrea? Anchors away, Heidi. Clue one, please. This ecclesiastical masterpiece has a deep blue interior decorated with golden stars and shares its name with a famous French cathedral. Titanic theme. Titanic themed. May or may not help. Notre Dame. Chartres. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Nothing comes to mind. Compared with Cluto. Cluto, please. In 1994, it provided a stunning backdrop for a celebrity wedding televised live and attended by superstars including Joan Collins and Elizabeth Taylor. David Bowie, maybe? When did he get married? Where was it? It's a location. It's an ecclesiastical masterpiece. So it sounds like the Notre Dame Cathedral. I bet you had something to do with one of the Titanic locations, like Halifax, Nova Scotia. But then a celebrity wouldn't get married there. Clue three, please. The same famous bride returned here in 2016 to publicly mourn the death of her beloved husband and manager. Oh, now, 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 steady as she goes, Captain. <laughs> do you want to save it for the end? I do want to save it. I don't know the answer, but I know who she is. This episode of our podcast is dedicated entirely to RMS Titanic, which sank in the early hours of the 15th of April 1912. It was the largest ocean liner in service at the time. And of course, when it was being built, it was called Unsinkable. And 1,504 people died in the tragedy. You swallowed an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> I spent all afternoon researching You are this. literally a Titanorac. I am a Titanorac, is which is, I find out quite recently is what you call people who just are titanic geeks really yeah they are immersed in the story i mean that's the thing people often forget that it was actually a tragedy because i have read a lot of people just think it was a movie they don't realize it was actually based on a real event and of course titanic was built in belfast where we live at the harland and wolf shipyard this legacy is now recalled in what's known as the titanic quarter it was never known as that when we grew up but it is now it includes the Titanic Belfast, which is a massive purpose-built building which houses the Titanic exhibition. It also has a Titanic Hotel, which is in the former HQ of Harland and Wolf. The and drawing, there's the drawing office. The drawing office. And right. then there's the Beautiful. Titanic Slipways, which now quite often hosts open air concerts, and I've been to see a movie there. And it's got the Nomadic as well, which was the tender ship that took passengers out to Titanic in Cherbourg, France, which came back to Belfast and was lovingly restored and is part of the Titanic 
experience. But did you know, Heidi, that I recently went yes, to Totamic yes, Belfast? I, I do know this, yes. Without you, I, I went on my own. We're not joined at the head. No, but I've been several yeah. times. I so went, I let you have the, your fun. I went to find out all about it and I spoke to this incredible tour guide called Scott and he showed me around. Would you like to hear all about it? Yes. Folks, good morning. My name's Scott. I'm one of the visitor experience crew and tour guides here in Titanic Belfast. And we're now inside the building, up on level one, just outside the entrance, ready to begin and go in and look at the spectacular exhibition here that details Belfast's rich history, as well as the story of the world's most famous liner, the RMS Titanic. That sounds great, Scott, let's go. So folks, we've just entered into the exhibition. Titanic Belfast is now in its 10th year, 10th anniversary of the building, and we're also in the 110th year anniversary of the sinking of the RMS Titanic. So it's a special time, a period for visitors to come and visit, um, to see the exhibition itself and all that it has to offer. You may hear a few birds in the background chirping. And it's just to give you an idea, a flavour of a rural Belfast as it was a few centuries ago and um, before it became really industrialised as it is today. I'm seeing pictures of old Belfast. Is this the start of it then, a sort of guide to what Belfast was like at the time? Exactly, exactly. The first gallery we call Boomtown Belfast. Belfast from the early 1900s, what it would have looked like at the time, old photographs on the wall, a few moving images, um, probably better clothing than what I'm wearing today, top hats, suits, hobnail boots <laughs> being worn by the workers there, and people just living and working in Belfast, going about their daily lives. There are a few wrought iron gates which have been restored and painted but they are original gates that the shipyard workers would have walked through to come into the shipyard here in Belfast exactly where this building Titanic Belfast is located and to the back of the building the slipways where Titanic was launched from but these gates 15,000 shipyard workers would have walked through these each day to clock in for work. They worked a six-day week from Monday to Saturday from 6.30 in the morning until 5.30 in the evening. So an 11-hour day, six days a week. Much longer a day than what I'm doing today. And were you a Titanic fan before you got this job? I knew very little about <laughs> Titanic before I started. and I knew that the general facts at the time left Belfast and sank. But now since coming here, it's been great to find out how it came about and how the media has portrayed it since. Do you ever have any guests who had relatives, ancestors who died or maybe survived the Titanic? At least once a week there are visitors that come in that have had family working in both the shipyard as well as on the ship RMS Titanic. Um, and sadly, many have had family members that have gone down with the ship at that as it was sinking and uh, most recently we had the Strauss family uh, the ancestors of the great-great-granddaughter uh, Jessica Strauss um, her her great-great-grandparents Isidore and Ida Strauss um, politicians and co-owners of Macy's department store in New York um, came to visit us just to find out a little bit more detail about both her family's history and Titanic as well. There's nine galleries within the exhibition centre. We've just come into something that looks very industrial. Where are we now? It's very mysterious. This We are now walking into the shipyard and just above our heads a large structure and this is one of the legs or a replica of what the aral gantry would have looked like. Now what this doesn't do is give you 
scale and the, the sheer height it would have been. This to the top is 57 feet, this large um, metal structure, um, but the real gantry itself would have been four times higher than this, at 228 feet high or just under 70 meters in height. So it, the massive scale um, that the shipyard workers would have worked at. Um, behind us as well there are two electric lifts which at the time in the shipyard was a fairly new invention. Workers were a little bit iffy, a little bit nervous um, at using this new invention. So they put their tools inside the lift, sent it up as far as they needed it to go, uh, but they themselves, just with their arms and legs, just climbed the gantry. Now, a flat cap was as much of a helmet as you would have had, and you weren't harnessed or roped onto anything, so health and safety was out the window. No, exactly. And something that struck me walking through the galleries so far, there's loads of background noise I mean not only is it a visual treat with so much detail I mean everywhere I look there's something that looks authentic to me but also the background noise so we've actually got noises of the shipyard as exactly it been. Yeah. exactly uh, very much dulled down so we, we don't deafen ourselves but just noise of clanging of metal uh, rivets uh, workers riveting putting rivets into the side of the ship and there were three million rivets hammered into Titanic one man would have hammered in from one side and then on the other another man would have pressed against and that then allowed with that pressure it to flatten out and that then helped to hold the steel plates of the hull and the outside of Titanic together. Do people come from literally all over the world to see Titanic Belfast? They really do. Um, any country you can think of. Um, I think we've had visitors from there. Just over 145 different nationalities of visitors have come to visit us in the 10 years we've been open. Uh, just over 6.5 million visitors in total and 82% of them come from outside of Northern Ireland. I heard this word Titanorak. Can you explain what that is? That is the word. I only heard this word when I started <laughs> here as well. T Titanorak is a word for someone who is really interested. It's like their specific uh, genre, their interest as well. And there are people who know much more about Titanic than I do. We're now going in and just around the corner there is a ride, a cable car ride for us to go on. It's six minutes long, very gentle, no sudden movements. You're through the shipyard and voices of the workers telling you a day in the life of what it would have been like. They put me to work on 401. That's what we called her. We knew she'd be the largest passenger ship in the world, but we didn't call her Titanic then. I was there from the beginning. I worked in the frame bending shop. You had heat steel beams in the furnace. That's a wee space we called the tanks, made up of steel plates. The stern frame had to be strong enough to take the rudder turning in heavy seas. Scott, that was absolutely amazing. It really is like a cable car ride. I've never seen anything. I've never been on anything like that. Well, it's a real surprise to visitors as well. They don't know it's here. It takes you through the shipyard. gives you a real sense of the, the size of the ship as well and the, a day in the life of the shipyard workers. But it's fantastic. A real addition to Lots the exhibition. So, Scott, that was a bit noisy. We've come somewhere a wee bit quieter. Is it fair to say that that's probably the highlight of the tour for a lot of people? People. The shipyard ride, I would say, is most people's favourite part. There are other aspects people really enjoy, but that would be one of one of the highlights anyway. Great. And where mm. are we now? We've, we've come in. It's not quite so noisy. We're in another gallery. Tell us a bit about it. We've just walked uh, into the launch gallery, talking about Titanic. I was being launched on the 31st of May, 1911, and there's a huge window here in the room that looks out onto the slipways itself, where Titanic herself launched from. Fantastic amount of symbolism here, and it's great just to hear audio 
in the background as well. There's something unusual about the, the shape of this building as well. It's like a weird star shape. It's, when you initially see it, that's, it's a real wow factor for visitors initially as they arrive. But there's four corners to the building and from any, no matter how far away you try and walk away to get a photograph, you should only ever be able to see three sides and it's to represent the three sister ships, Titanic, Olympic and Britannic. But you're right, there's a star-shaped roof representing the star and the logo of the White Star Line, the company that owned Titanic as well. So folks, we've just walked into now the fit-out gallery. So we're now in the interior of Titanic and the ship itself, what it would have looked like. There is a model, a huge model in a glass cabinet showing you what Titanic would have looked like, both in its launch, but many features not there, such as funnels, propellers, even lifeboats. And as you come around to the other side, you see it finished and the finished product, what Titanic would have looked like. But all around us, you'll hear audio detailing. Um, you'll hear a violin playing in the background and all to do with the Hartley family that played the band that played on Titanic and it is true, a true story that they played, instructed to um, as the ship went down to try and keep a bit of peace and calm. Behind glass here I can see a room with a bed, chairs, a, a sink so I'm imagining that's maybe one of the staterooms or cabins. This is one of the first class cabins or a replica of what it would have looked like and this is the VIP of the first class cabins. This is called, there were two parlour suites and this is what one of, one of, one of them would have looked like. And on Titanic you can see there's a four-poster bed, a chaise lawn as well. So there's a marble background to the sink and plenty of other luxurious features. And at the time, these rooms would have gone for up to £800 then, Titanic's day. In today's money, it would be £77,000. Wow, now, for how long was that journey Well, this seven-day crossing across to New York or North America. We've gone through the maiden voyage, talking about the different ports that Titanic would have stopped at. And just in front of us, we're leaning against the railing, as you would be on the deck of Titanic, looking overboard to the sea and the ocean ahead of us. A beautiful day, a few clouds in the sky. But we can imagine, obviously, the night of Titanic's tragedy, um, darkness just before midnight. And from Frederick Fleet, the lookout on board, without the use of his binoculars, as he spotted the iceberg, from him signalling until they made contact or collision with the iceberg was only 32 seconds. And he used the words, iceberg dead ahead, sir. We're moving into what is known as the sinking gallery. And it's in here, you will see written on the wall and you'll hear it in the audio, the voices of some of the survivors. In the sinking gallery, on the walls, we have the Morse code messages that were sent from Titanic and CQD, three letters. This was the old international distress signal before SOS was brought. SOS was only coming in at the time. There's Harold Bride and Jack Phillips. They needed help. Were sending any message they could to try and just get the attention of ships going by. The Carpathia is one come at once. We have struck a berg. It's a CQD, which means it's a disaster. Then at the very last panel in the room, you'll see at 10 past two in the morning, we've now gone past midnight, 15th of April, 1912. This was the last Morse code message sent from Titanic, and it reads CQD. 
Q and then just silence. D would have been the next letter, but at that point both the Morse code operators decided we have to abandon ship. Jack Phillips sadly went down with the ship, he did die. Harold Bride survived and he later recalls working um, on the Morse code messages until the water level was up to their knees. So they really worked until the last minute and then they had to abandon ship. Compared to the rest of, of the exhibition, this would be the room that most of our visitors would get quite emotional in because it is detailing the messages. Um, these are messages personal to those on board in desperate need of help um, and our visitors would relate to that. This would be quite an emotional part of the exhibition. These were real people's lives and their hopes and dreams for a lot of the poor people going to America to start a new life. No one could understand sort of the horror really of what happened at the time. The Belfast itself being the place that the ship was built um, was in mourning. Funeral processions around the world in various cities in New York, Belfast and each of the Titanic stopped in Southampton, Cherbourg and Queenstown, Snow Cove and County Cork in the south coast of Ireland. It was devastating and the news outlets, um, they could only go with Morse code messages that were sent through and they then just via telegram and they were trying to piece together what happened and what went wrong. Well Scott we've come to the end of the exhibition now. I'm out of the exhibition a really different person. What, what sort of reactions do you find are common from people who have visited? People are, as you say, very excited in the first few galleries, especially come, leading up to the shipyard ride. That's a real treat for all obviously, families. But as people get round to the sinking gallery, they do become quite emotional. Um, and you find that the noise level dulls down a lot. And I think people are, they realise this is a real story. This, this happened um, and we have to be respectful to those that were on board and, and sadly died as well. So reaction, there are some people whiz through the whole exhibition, 20 minutes in and out, take photographs. But then there are others who will spend all day. There's, I've seen people six hours they've spent in, in the exhibition as well. So, Have you ever had any celebrities visit? Yes, uh, well, most most recently, uh, Prince Charles and Camilla came to visit us well, that's, only last that's month. about celebrity as, as you can get. I believe Prince Charles was doing a presentation with charities um, in the building, but Camilla went through the galleries herself, a um, bit of a guided tour, as well as them, many other of the royal family have been here. The Queen came in the year of opening, um, and as well as that, the Girl Bad Little Mix and Westlife, but there also have been actors such as Lawrence Fishburne and Sir Ian McKellen. Has anybody come up with a really interesting Titanic question that might have stumped you? Every day, every day we get stumped, usually, if I'm totally honest, by children. Children that ask obscure questions, and maybe adults think, oh no, I can't ask that. Um, and one more, more recently, and I still have to look up the answer, I have to be honest, um, a child asked me, a young boy, say, well, were there many pits? On Titanic. Good question. Um, What's the I, answer? I, I still need. I still need <laughs> to look it up. There were pets. Um, I believe there were dogs and cats, and I've heard a story of a canary. Wow. Um, but I, well, I need to look that up That's myself in more great detail. Question. So you always get a variety of questions. If you had to sum up Titanic Belfast in one sentence, what would you say? It's a tough question. Um, I would say it is a world-leading attraction that is designed to appeal to all ages um, and details Belfast rich history as well as the shipbuilding industry um, of which RMS Titanic um, as we know it came from. Well thank you for our travel in your pocket VIP tour. I like to think we're up there with Little yeah, Mix and absolutely. the Queen <laughs> and Prince Charles is having a VIP tour of it. If you ever hear any visitors who heard about you on travel in your pocket say hello to them. I will absolutely. Thanks again.
Regular listeners will know that each episode we scour the internet to find a top five that is worthy of your delectation. And we... sometimes it's not worthy. Well, it's not worthy when you I'm do sorry. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We discuss this top five and we give our opinion. This time it's probably no surprise that our top five has a Titanic theme. This comes from johnnyjet.com and it's called Five Places to Visit if you are a Titanic fanatic. Can I ask who's Johnny Jet? I don't know, but I love the name, Johnny Jet. Is it, is it Joan Jet's brother? Johnny? <laughs> it could well be. Right. I love the rhyme, Titanic fanatic, but they missed a trick to say Titanarac, which is my new favourite word. You should get out more. I heard that word years ago. I don't think I'll be able to drop it in conversation very often, but You're I will try. You're making the most of it now. Here we go. Top five. Number five, the Titanic graveyard in Halifax, Nova Scotia. In the immediate aftermath of the sinking of the Titanic, ships were launched from Halifax to aid in the rescue and recovery. And that's because it was the closest landmass to the sinking of the ship. You can take a tour of Fairview Lawn Cemetery, also known as Titanic Cemetery. 121 Titanic victims are led to rest here and you can find out why and how Halifax plays a part in Titanic history. It's the largest collection of Titanic graves in the world and the occupants of a third of the graves, however, have never been identified. I have never been there, um, but yeah, it would be, well, I wouldn't say amazing to see, but certainly would um, send shivers up your spine. Yeah, I've been to Nova Scotia, but I haven't been to this graveyard, but certainly there's a lot of titanic history in nova scotia because of that mm-hmm. because i think they were the first people to get the distress signals and mm-hmm. be able to react and launch ships the thing about talking about titanic it, it is part of dark tourism because yeah. a lot of people did die and so how would you describe dark tourism in this case well it's whenever there's a tragedy or a disaster where deaths happen and people have this fascination to see where things took place or where there is a connection like Auschwitz like 9-11 as yeah. well I mean there's so many of them around the world and obviously coming from Northern Ireland we know that people come here to visit the peace walls and all to do with the troubles in Northern Ireland and here we are another thing that happened here has become a dark tourism well beacon you might say but certainly um, an attraction that has attracted many many people from all over the world i think it's important to remember this certainly with the titanic that you know you you read more about the lives of the people who were on the ship and it's incredibly moving something else that's incredibly moving we get to number four on the list and it's the titanic museum pigeon forge tennessee it seems like a really weird place to have it but pigeon forge in tennessee is a massive tourist destination it's really close to dolly parton's dollywood and a lot of tourists go there this opened in 2010 it holds 400 artifacts from 20 galleries over two floors and is the largest permanent titanic museum in the world a two-hour self-guided tour is designed to give guests the sensation of being an original passenger on the titanic's 1912 maiden voyage now i was in pigeon forge to go to dollywood but you drive along this road and you can see this half-scale Titanic on the side of the road. So, of course, we pulled in. When you go in, you get a card with the name and details of an actual passenger and whether they were first class or third 
class and then at the end of the tour you find out their fate whether they survived or well, sadly perished. When you say perished. that is so sad when it makes it personal it and does also make I it personal. believe that that is what happens at the Holocaust Museum in Washington oh. City. Um, and yeah there's no getting away from it it's not Disneyfied. No no way. and also I mean one of the reasons why I talk about it so much because I think it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in any museum in the world ever. Oh, big talk. There is a replica of the ship's bow as it was in the night of the disaster. So you go into this room, immediately it's freezing and you can reach your hand, you sort of put your hand over a rail and you go into the ice cold water. And that's just how it would have been. And there is also an identical museum in Branson, Missouri. So there's actually two of them in America. Next on the list is a place that you wouldn't associate with the Titanic either. It's the Titanic, the artifact exhibition in Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, it doesn't surprise me that Las Vegas has put their own neb into the story. (laughs) Well, you know, if there's a city which has a replica Eiffel Tower and a Venetian canals, why wouldn't it have something to do with the Titanic? They have a Titanic hotel of Titanic. Yeah, yeah, shaped like the Titanic. Happen. Yeah, happen. yeah. Well, this is located in the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas. And the hotel's website states that you can experience the wonder and tragedy of the world's most famous ocean liner. It's viewed by more than 25 million people worldwide. This exhibition is one of the highest attended in history, with over 250 authentic artifacts recovered from the wreck site. Number two on the list is Titanic Belfast. Now, we don't Yay. need to... <laughs> <laughs> in much further number two I'm sure I know That's I'm pretty disappointed that. at that yeah. but according to John Jett Johnny Jett Johnny Jett, Johnny Jett will be That's having words with about. you well, he's not called Johnny Ocean Liner is he? <laughs> Johnny Jett please have a re-look at your list but we'll not go into details as we've already talked about it apart from to say the Titanic Belfast is an impressive look at the design construction launch and ultimate demise of the Titanic well it's good that it has been acknowledged in this top five because by Johnny but by Johnny and uh, the more people who know about it the better do you think that's his real name was he christened John did the name come first in anything so I better set up a travel website I'm really okay Johnny if you're listening I tell you what let's let's make it our mission to find Johnny Jeff and have him or her or whoever on a future podcast that sounds amazing let's do that are you ready for number one and just to recap this is the Top five places to visit if you're a Titanic fanatic. This is a bit of an anti-climax, I think. This would not... Oh, I, In Johnny many ways... Johnny <laughs> Johnny. I think they should have done this. Johnny should have done this the opposite way around. But anyway, it wouldn't be my number one choice. Maybe you're choice. reading it the wrong way around. I might be. Surprise, mate. It is the Sea City Museum in Southampton, yeah, England. Well I, well, I was going to think... I thought I was Southampton or Cove and yeah. County Cork. Cove and County Cork off. wasn't mentioned, mentioned at all. mentioned by Johnny Jett. Yeah. That's okay. So the city of Southampton was the launching point of RMS Titanic. And do you know what RMS stands for? Royal Mail Ship. So why was it called Royal Mail Ship? Royal Mail Ship because it, it, it carried mail across the Atlantic from Britain to America. And I bet you a lot of people didn't know that until now. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Sea City Museum opened in 2012 and boasts not only a large collection of Titanic artefacts, but also a full immersion experience, allowing the visitors a glimpse into what it must have felt to step aboard the Titanic. 
I've never been to Southampton. I'd like to go there and I would definitely visit Sea City. And of course, after Southampton, it went to Cherbourg in France and a lot of passengers got on there too. Via the nomadic tender ship right. which is beside Titanic Belfast. Yep. And then its final port of call was Cove and it was heading to New York. But as we all know, it didn't make it. Well, I think that's a very interesting, but quite sombre top five. Yeah, it's very sombre. But as I say, dark tourism and Titanic. I mean, Titanic is one of the most recognised brands in the world. And uh, I think when James Cameron made the movie, uh, it really reignited the interest in the story. And we got away with a top five without you singing. My heart will go on. So I think... Yeah. No, please don't. Four. We don't have the copyright. We don't have the copyright. Hundred and ten years to the very day of the sinking of RMS Titanic, we are doing our podcast in commemoration of the great ship that sadly met its watery grave in the depths of the North Atlantic. Yeah, that was very well put, Heidi. Yes, are you getting emotional? I've been emotional throughout it all, definitely. Well, do you remember the were in the world? I do. Yeah, run, run through the I have half of the answer mm-hmm. well when I say I have half the answer it's I not, don't have the answer I don't have the answer but I have um you've got the connection yeah I've got the connection the yeah connection. yeah okay so, so hit me again an ecclesiastical masterpiece a deep blue interior decorated with golden stars and shares its name with a famous French cathedral okay Uh, In 1994, it provided a stunning backdrop for a celebrity wedding televised live and attended by superstars including Joan Collins and Elizabeth Taylor. Clue three, the same famous bride returned here in 2016 to publicly mourn the death of her beloved husband and manager. I don't know what the place is, but I'm going to take a guess. The bride and widow is Celine Dion, Mm -hmm. who sang the... My Heart Will Go On theme tune for the film Titanic. Not as well as me, but No, yes. obviously not. Yes. And my guess is that it is Notre Dame Cathedral in Montreal. You're 100% hey, right. And that was a total guess, wow. but an educated guess. Educated guess. You put all the pieces of the yes. jigsaw together. That's the best way. Hi. Go me. I mean, technically it's a basilica, okay. but we're not going to, we're not going to squabble. No, thank you. small points. But yeah, I mean, I visited this cathedral. It was Did the you? last time I was on holiday before the pandemic. Approximately 11 million people visit Notre Dame Basilica every year, making it one of the most visited monuments in North America. And whenever you go in, Andrea, mm-hmm. it is truly exceptional blue and the gold makes it very regal very opulent very rich just gorgeous so okay. yes are you okay with that as your answer yeah i think that's great because I, I i, I guessed it, it. I wasn't too no no it was great it's like time. getting a wordle you know yeah, the you satisfaction <laughs> you feel well that's it from us for this special titanic themed episode thanks to northern ireland band 3d shark for providing our title music i mean i feel like the Oh, shark. The aquatic theme is yeah, too far. That was yes, completely you. not planned. No, but not. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and... Check out our Travel In Your Pocket social media pages where you can share your travel stories with us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.